most people that I've encountered with, and, and since the coronavirus outbreak began, I have had hundreds and hundreds of emails, multiple phone calls, multiple conference calls, multiple interviews, all asking me the same question. Where do we go from here? How do we survive the pandemic? And I think a lot of us are looking at this uh, this whole season of, of maintaining what we've built, some of us that have built businesses. Um, some of us are not considering the future too much because we're trying to navigate the storm that we find ourselves in. Yet, for me, I find this to be the single greatest moment in my career as a business person because I've never ever seen so many opportunities arising out of a crisis. You go back 12 years ago when in 2008 when we had the financial crisis that affected the world and people were panicking and financial markets shut down because of what was happening. Here, if you keep your ears to the ground, if you keep focused on what's going on, not just in the political environment, but in the financial environment, what you'll find is we've now entered a season for me, I consider it to be possibly the single greatest wealth transfer in our history. Because when you keep your ears to the ground, when you know where to look, when you know who to speak to, you'll find that financial institutions are crying out for ways to help us in rebuilding the economy in the post-COVID-19 world. So I wanted to talk to you very specifically about something that's very dear to my heart. A lot of us have built business. Uh, I set lofty goals and I work hard to achieve every one of them. But when I look at the, the effort that we put into building a business, quite often the payoff, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to talk to you as a, as a bishop, I'm going to talk to you as a someone that's very much involved in the business and finance arena. The payoffs that we get for the work that we put in, in building a business are very, very small. In fact, the, the, the percentages of those that actually go on to achieve anything more than an SME, small or medium enterprise, are so insignificant when you look at the broader spectrum of self-employed individuals, of small and medium enterprises, both in the UK and across the world. But I believe every single one of us has the ability to achieve vast quantities of wealth. And I think that personally, and I've been teaching this for many years, I think we're going about it the wrong way because we have been conditioned uh, in our post-school education, in the school of life, to build a business. And when we do that, we see growth, but we have to understand a lot of it is geographic because of where you are. A lot of it is just simply the fact you're a new business in an area offering a new service or offering a service that currently exists, but you happen to do it better. So you see a little bit of, of the, the geographic and the numerical growth in that model, but you don't see exponential growth and you don't see what one of my mentors would say, quantum growth. And I want to, to get you to an understanding, and this is my heart, uh, that you would 
look at where you're at, look at your future and decide to take, to, to coin my mentor's phrase, a quantum leap, to make massive growth your focus, even in this current lockdown that we face. In fact, I know people right now that are achieving multiple million dollar business deals amid a global pandemic. I know people that in the last few weeks have signed multi-million dollar deals, multi-million pound deals on businesses because they've been doing the work and when the pandemic hit, rather than panicking, rather than stopping everything, they continue to progress, they've seen it through, and overnight they have achieved the kind of wealth that every single one of us at some point in our life dreams of achieving. But I want you to know, you right there watching me, I want you to know you have the same potential. But what you do and the steps you take to achieve that potential will determine the outcome that you receive. So, all of that said, I want to give you just a few points. Don't think of building business anymore. From a biblical perspective, the scripture says to buy wisdom. We can buy wisdom. You can buy knowledge. You go to a bookstore, you buy somebody's knowledge. So let's apply that same principle to business. Let's buy a business future. Even if you have no money whatsoever, I use a principle called OPM. Very simple principle. OPM simply means other people's money. We are taught in our faith walk, in our church walk, that we are taught that we should be careful about getting into debt, that we shouldn't borrow money unnecessarily. But there are principles within the business environment that, they, that people understand and, do, and achieve super success that we don't apply because we let our emotional bank account overwhelm our life bank account. So we, we apply certain elements of things we've been taught and we let those restrict our ability to move forward. I tell people all the time, the reason I advise them not to go into debt is because they have not been taught and educated how to leverage debt to their benefit. You can take debt and leverage it to make you money and pay off the debt. It's perfectly easy and it's perfectly possible. It's perfectly doable if you follow the correct steps. The hardest thing I found so far in all of my ministry, in all of my business, is people that can simply follow the list of instructions. If you're going to have a business future, if you're going to look at achieving super success, achieving generational wealth in your life, there are certain questions you have to ask and you have to be able to answer. So the questions are this, and I hope that you'll write these down, okay? Number one, why? Why do you want to do it? Why do you want to be in business? Why do you want to achieve super success? Why do you want to create generational wealth? You have to be able to answer the questions. Number two, 
where. Your geography in doing it is going to be vitally important. I live in a county on the west coast of Wales. 80% of our county income comes from tourism. So this year, because of what's going on at the moment, and my sources in the government tell me it's going to keep on going for a few months yet, this year, this county will experience its biggest fiscal loss for decades because of where we are and the dependency on income. So in this environment, for me to decide I'm going to start a tourism-based uh, business or buy tourism-based businesses where I live would be, let's say, suicide, business suicide. Because right now, nothing is happening. My sources of income would be non-existent to buy a business here. But bear this in mind, we're talking about buying a business future. Okay? Number three, what is your potential for growth? If you buy a business, instead of working your guts out to build a business, if you buy somebody else's hard work, they've done all of the effort, they've put all of the work in and built a business and now they're selling it to you, what is the potential to grow that business from where it is to where you see it could be? Okay? Number four, what is the cost? What will it cost you to buy the business? What will it cost you to run the business? What is it going to cost you emotionally, physically, mentally, financially? And then number five, because it ties in, what is the cost of maintenance? How much is it going to cost you to pay staff, to rent buildings, or to, to pay mortgages, or to pay a lease? What, what is the total maintenance cost per year of your business? And what is that in relation to the profits the business is making? Now, bear this in mind, right? Because this is my principal key. Never buy a business that's for sale. Never buy a business that is for sale because the person selling it is not telling you everything about the business. They are selling it for a reason that you will not find out about until you own it. It may well be the business is running at a loss. It may well be profits are declining. It may well be that they've run into legal complications, but they are not legally obliged to inform you as to the true nature of why they are selling that business. So I don't look for businesses that are for sale. Earlier, uh, let's say, where are we now? 2020. So 2019, I was offered the, the option to purchase a very famous Scottish golf course. The price was relatively good for what it was. It had hosted the Ryder Cup in the past. It had hosted the, uh, not the Ryder Cup, it had hosted the Open. And the cost was a little over 10.2 million pounds. But I needed to know why they approached me rather than me approaching them. So when I got all of the fiscal material, I had the people that I know in, in finance go through it. And they came back to me and said, this business has reached its peak financially. 
everything after it's hosted the open, it's losing money. Now, it, it's still making a profit, but the potential to make profits was seriously dampened by the fact that it had hosted the highest level of event that it could possibly host and the ability to replicate that, which means the ability to replicate that amount of income in one fiscal year was completely removed. So they were selling it because they had got everything that they could out of it and now the maintenance costs were, were getting higher, the cost of staff was getting higher, the ability to produce income was diminishing. So the gap between profits and income turnover were getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So we decided not to progress with that. And uh, now we've got involved in another business and I'll, I might tell you about that in a minute, but we're at phase one in the new business. It is a tech company startup, it's electric, electric vehicles. And in our first round of funding, there's a potential of almost 350 million pounds on offer just to develop through phase one. So you're talking about the potential for billion pound businesses. There is absolutely no reason why you could not do what I'm doing, why you could not achieve billionaire status if you follow a roadmap to get it. You can jump so many steps on the ladder if you set your mind to achieving far more than you ever imagined possible. That's the key. You have to believe you can do it. You have to believe that you could create generational wealth, the kind of money that, as the scripture says, would leave an inheritance for your children's children and the provision of such, if they kept the business going and the Lord tarries, would leave an inheritance for their children's children. I'm not interested in creating a decent salary or decent amounts of money. I want to create generational wealth. And I'm not looking at two generations from me. I'm looking at 10 generations from me, the kind of wealth that my great, 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 great grandchildren could live on. You might think I'm a bit audacious, and a bit, but I want you to believe in yourself more than you ever have before. And I want you to understand that it doesn't matter what age you are, it doesn't matter what social background you are, it doesn't matter what cultural background you are, and it does not matter what financial position you're in right now, you can take the steps and create massive generational wealth simply by following a roadmap and doing the, the steps. And you know we don't have a lot of time, so I'm not able to go into great depth with it, um, but by simply following a roadmap and following the steps that I could teach you to create generational wealth. I'm fortunate at 27 years of age, my first major corporation was worth uh, a, a, about $40 million on paper. Um, and when we got rid of it, you know, by the time you paid off leases and mortgages and everything else, then uh, we didn't come out of it with much, but I never went bankrupt. Never been bankrupt, started multiple companies, some that weren't working out, so we closed them down, some that worked out well and we sold them off and, and you know, we do what we do. So, so think about this now, okay? If I'm boring you, then I apologize. I get, <laughs> I, I get passionate about what I teach, but I want you to understand. I want you to think, start thinking in generational wealth. 
I, I don't want you to start thinking about working your guts out for the next 30 years to create a pension. I want you to start thinking about two years from now, I could be a multi, multi-millionaire. I've created generational wealth simply by following a roadmap, simply by doing some very simple steps that have cost me nothing except the time and the effort involved to create. I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's look at seven simple steps, okay? Number one, you have to create your personal foundation for your success. To create generational wealth, you have to build the foundation yourself. And this is what you need to do. One, you need to, you, you need to get very uncomfortable with where you're at. I call it blissful dissatisfaction. I am happy with what I've got. I am dissatisfied to remain here. There has got to be more. There has always got to be more. We have not stopped living. We have not stopped breathing. There will always be more. So I live in this perpetual state of what I call blissful dissatisfaction. So get uncomfortable. You won't change your future. You won't create generational wealth if you don't get uncomfortable with where you're at. If you don't look around your house, look around your life and become uncomfortable with what you've got. Not unhappy, not ungrateful, uncomfortable. Number two, ask yourself, do you have the passion and the determination to do it? A lot of people set out on this journey of generational wealth and 95% fail because when it comes down to it, they don't have the passion to keep going no matter what they have to do. Like I said, when we, when we started this um, when we started this pandemic season that we're all going through, instead of worrying, instead of freaking out, instead of thinking, what am I going to do now? I sat down and go, okay, this is a phenomenal time for opportunity. Because in this season, the one thing that I need to move forward in creating generational wealth will start to appear in abundance. I will tell you what that is in just a second. Number three. Can you go beyond your common sense? In other words, when you're moving towards creating generational wealth, will you talk yourself out of it? Not listening to your friends, your family. Let me be really honest with you, okay? The people around you, as much as you love them, as much as you trust them, as much as you believe in them, when it comes to creating generational wealth for you and your family, the people around you are going to be the biggest hindrance you will ever experience because they do not see what you see. They are not willing to pay the price that you are willing to pay. I can give you an example after example after example of getting phone calls where I'm traveling from one place to another and instead of being able to come home on schedule, I have had a phone call and now I'm on, a, I'm on a plane to somewhere else. I literally flew to Japan to teach for one hour because someone requested me to. And I spend more time on the plane going to Japan and coming back from Japan than I ever spent in Japan. And, and I got off the plane at Heathrow and had a phone call and 
16 hours later, I was on a plane on my way to Holland. Later that week, I flew to Germany. From Germany, I came back to London. From London, I went to do a conference in Nottingham. I went back to London. Then I came home, and within days, and having pneumonia, traveled with pneumonia for 13 weeks in, this, in that particular season, picked it up on the plane on the way back from, uh, well, I picked up an infection on the plane on the way back from Japan. And by the time I eventually collapsed and got home and couldn't take it anymore, I'd been nursing pneumonia for 13 weeks. Why? Because the price I was willing to pay to do what I believe in, to fulfill my vision, to fulfill my dreams, was more than an infection could do to hold me down. It took my body giving out completely, and it's happened three times in my life because I, I'm a workaholic. I work, 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 work. And uh, it, it took my body to give out on me to cause me to slow down, to cause me to stop. Why? because I am passionate about what I am doing and I am passionate in creating the kind of wealth that most people only ever talk about. Then once you've established that you can go beyond your common sense, you need to understand when it comes to building generational wealth, there are absolutely no rules that you can follow. There is not a set book. There is not a set strategy. There are no rules at all. You will have to create the rules as you go. So my guidance is this, as long as it is ethical, moral, and legal, you're on good grounds. Anything outside of that, I won't touch with a 10-foot barge pole, no matter how attractive an opportunity looks. And then, like now, when we're going through obstacles, when we're going through problems, you have to remain focused on the end goal, not the means through the process. Most businesses that I know of, most business people that I know of in this time have suddenly turned their attention on the means in which they do business and have lost sight of the end goal. And because of that shift in focus, their businesses are suffering exponentially. I know three people in six weeks, what we almost seven weeks into the lockdown, I know three people already that are possibly going to have to look at either downsizing or worst case scenario, closing their business for good. Yet, I know one person whom I love dearly and I've worked with for many years and we have an incredible relationship that is upscaling his business in this season. Yes, in a crisis, in a pandemic, he is upscaling. Think of that. We're, we're looking at the wrong perspective. So those are to do with number one. Number two, you have to be very, very crystal clear in the vision that you have for the business that you want to do. My passion is private equity investments, is tech, is, if I got into it, healthcare. Those are three major uh, arenas for business and in the post or in the, the pandemic COVID-19 and post COVID-19 those will be three of the biggest markets that you can get into to buy businesses now 
I said to you a minute ago that there's one thing you need more than anything else in this environment, and that is, that is this. I am constantly looking now for motivated sellers. I am looking for motivated sellers. And this pandemic is motivating a lot of people to get out of their business, but they are not telling people, they're not putting their businesses for sale. So it is gonna take the effort of you getting off, as we're in the church, your blessed assurance, and getting on the phone and making 200 plus cold calls every day until like a fisherman, you get a bite on the hook. I have cold called multiple businesses in the last few weeks, not as many as I need to because of everything I'm involved in at the moment. But if I had the time and I had the opportunity, I would be calling at least 200 people a day, if it's even humanly possible, on every continent on the planet to find a business that is for sale. We need to find the motivated sellers. And until you put the proposal to them, you won't find whether they're motivated or not. So it's going to take work on your part, work on my part. I would rather, and forgive me if you're in business, I'm not discouraging those that have their own businesses. I have my own. But I would rather put that amount of effort into cold calls, into finding motivated sellers and buying a business in, in, in buying the kind of wealth I want to achieve than having to do the slog of building a business from scratch, of taking 5, 10, 15 years to get going. You know, every new business that starts, we don't see a profit for at least three to five years unless you're in a very, very niche uh, market with very specific protocols to see the kind of growth. Um, and most of us that have been in business or are in business aren't really in those markets because we don't look at getting into those markets. That's another talk for another day. So when you're thinking about, you know, I'm going to buy a business, I'm going to buy a business, not going to build a business. I'm going to, I'm going to buy generational wealth. You have to believe in the perception of what you could do, of what you can become. Because when you buy into that, your perception becomes your reality. Now, I do several hours of teaching just on that alone. But you have to create, you have to build the perception that you want because your perception will become your reality. Now, in buying your business, the fundamental thing that you need is you need to create a dream team. You need people that you can use to buy the business for you. Because at the end of the day, you want it to work for you, not you work for it. And here's how, here's how I, would, I would do business. If I was you and I was going to follow this, this model of buying business, here is how I would do it. Let's say you want to get into, uh, I don't know, let's say a tech company. I would find people that have a significant track record in the tech industry. And I would create a company, doesn't cost much to register a company. What, I think 20 pounds now with company's house. I would 
create a board of directors and I would invite them to be on your board of directors. Don't pay them any money. You don't want to be out of pocket. We're trying to, we're trying to buy a business with a, without spending a penny of our own money in the purchase of the business. You'll have to spend your money to get to meetings and things. And right now it's ample opportunity to use things like Zoom and Skype and everything else. But you can create a board of directors and because of their collective wealth and experience, you use their credibility to secure your financing for buying the business. And in return, what they get is what I call free founders equity. So for a chairman, that would be maybe three to 5%. Board member, I don't know, two to 3%. Company secretary, maybe 1%. They don't get any money from you right now. Their dividend comes from when you buy the business and you pay yourself and your board of directors first in every cycle. Every fiscal year, you get the payouts. So they end up with a, a fantastic income from your business that you bought and it has cost you nothing. And at the end of the day, it, say you had, let's say you had, uh, I don't know, 12 directors, uh, you know, one chairman, 11 directors, you still own 70% of the company. You're still making 70% of the profits. You're still getting 70% of the income. And at the end of next year, if things are going well, you just roll up. You expand your, your empire. You buy another business. You don't have to wait a year. You could, you could roll up five or six businesses in one go and buy a group of businesses but what you do is you use somebody else's credibility, somebody else's good standing, somebody else's business acumen to give you the reputation that you need to be able to upscale your business. I know this is an awful lot of information in a very short space of time, but I'm trying to show you a very simple roadmap to buying your way into generational wealth. And this principle has been used over and over and over. In fact, I know, personally know, somebody that went from a 32,000 pounds a year income into a, buying their first business, following the principles I've told you, which was a 2.6 million pound business, rolled it up into a 25 million pound business, got involved with a couple of other people in the same arena, they rolled it up and they have produced one of the largest equity deals in fiscal history, which is with uh, one of the um, Arab governments. And they are now creating a city in, I think it's in, uh, I think it's in the Emirates. I might be wrong. And the, 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 the Emirate government is paying them an unbelievable amount of money. I'm talking about tens of billions of pounds. Simply because one man had a vision to go, I'm not going to work for 30 years to create a pension. I'm going to buy my way into generational wealth right now. You know, Pastor Benjamin's got a beautiful thing that we all saw at the start of this webinar the wealth masters group where billionaires are made 
I'm teaching you the fastest route to buy your way to a billionaire status. You don't have to come up with the latest idea. You don't have to be the next Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates. You can buy your way. We buy your way to absolutely unbelievable generational income. The largest generational income deal in history was $653 billion. The deal was structured by a gentleman called Dr. Klaus Kleinfeld used to be the, the uh, managing director of the Siemens Group. All he did was follow the method that I'm teaching you now. Followed the principles of buying your way into generational wealth and bought into a, a company set up $653 billion. There's no reason why we couldn't do the same. No reason why you couldn't do the same. Right now, like I said, I'm involved in a tech startup. And uh, I think one of the other participants in the call, if he's still on, is also involved in the tech startup. But we're buying our way into genera generational wealth, whilst other people work their fingers to the bone to create business income that at the end of their life may give them a decent pension. You may make a million pounds. You may make two million pounds. But why would you settle for that when you could go out and buy a business tomorrow, fastest I've ever seen it done is about 83 days, but let's say six months from now, you could have generational wealth. You could have generational wealth income under your belt because you, you decided not to take a cheat's way, to take another route to generational wealth. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting way too, too, too ahead of myself. So once you've done all of that, once you've gone, okay, Bishop, I want to know more. I'm, I'm going to ask Pastor Benjamin if uh, I can share my contact details with you as well so I can help everybody in the group because everybody's welcome. Once you've done that, you need an exit strategy. How are you going to get out of it? Are you going to take general, generational wealth with cash in your hand? Are you going to finance somebody else to get into business? Are you going to sell your business? Are you going to allow your directors to buy you out? There are multiple different exit strategies that you could have, but you could change your fiscal future beyond every conceivable imagination in the next three to five years. Imagine where you are, you are right now. I'm, I'm in my early 40s. My goal is to retire from business by the time I turn 50. I think I have seven years to do it. And it's possible, it's doable in one deal that I could, I could make enough money out of one deal to retire from business and devote the rest of my life to be able to, to carry on doing ministry. Why? Because I have a focus, I have a goal, and that goal is generational wealth. So I hope I've introduced you to the concept. I hope I've whet your appetite to say, I want to be involved in generational wealth. I want to create generational wealth for myself. And I hope that in conjunction with Pastor Benjamin, we'll be able to do a, a, a bit more to help you move along that strategy in creating generational wealth um, and, and moving closer to achieving the kind of money you've only ever dreamt of. Now, I will tell you this, and this is the, the clergyman in me coming out. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. So never have a love of money. 
But to have generational wealth, you need to have a love for money and an understanding of what it is and what it can do for you and your family.